0: I am the president of the California Federation of Teachers, a Union of Educators and Classified Professionals. Um, You will hear from uh, Tony Thurman, the State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Shireen Walter from the California PTA, Andrew Hoffman from the Community College League of California, as well as she is a board member of the LA Community College. Um, uh, So all of us uh, wanna thank them for joining us today and today we are talking about schools and communities first as you may all know is now prop 15 and we're excited that this is on the ballot that this has a number and we can celebrate um prop 13. so thank you for joining us today about this even before this recent crisis uh, our schools were struggling and and we knew that we we live in a state that's the fifth largest economy in the world um yet we are the 44th in per pupil spending in our K-12 system, um, as well as that Prop 98 covers our community college system by these conditions. But it's especially tough for our high needs and most vulnerable students. The state budget was just passed and signed and it was passed with flat funding, um, but that's simply not enough resources. As I stated, we are 44th in the country in per pupil spending. Um, And that's not enough resources to support our schools in both the short and long-term. We're ready to do it. Um, We're ready to pass Prop 15, but we just can't do it without additional resources to support our students and our schools. Now schools up and down the state are faced with the dire threats of cuts and layoffs. And we're looking at that. Um, And there are layoffs that are potential in our schools, um, in our classified ranks that that help um, service and serve the students in, in our schools and our colleges, and it's become abundantly clear that we absolutely have to pass schools and communities first in November. On November third, Prop 13 must, Prop 15 must be passed. Um, this initiative, which would close corporate property tax loopholes to reclaim up to twelve billion dollars every year for our schools and local governments, is exactly the measure we need to invest in schools and support those students who are most in need, all while protecting homeowners and renters, small businesses, and agriculture. It's especially troubling that our schools and our local communities face such unprecedented hardships. Many top corporations have actually been profiting, especially during this period of time. This initiative would close corporate property tax loopholes, which drain resources from our local communities And a recent analysis showed that 92% of the revenue would come from only 10% of the wealthiest commercial property owners in the state. Californians know this and they know that action is needed and they're ready to close these corporate tax loopholes in order to fund our schools and our local communities. For those reporters who are joining us, We'll be, again, doing a uh, discussion and Q&A after all of our speakers. You can ask your question in the chat box as well, in, in this Zoom chat box. Um, so please submit those questions uh, through that function. But first, I want to introduce a champion of education in the state of California. I want to introduce and, and open up the microphone to our State Superintendent of Public Instructions, Tony Thurman. Thank you join, for joining us today, Tony.
1: Uh, Thank you, Jeff. It's an honor uh, to join uh, you and uh, Shireen and Audra. Thank you uh, to everyone. um, And and to add my voice uh, to the effort to get Prop 15 passed. I want to encourage our voters to vote yes on Prop 15. I I think Jeff outlined um, a lot of the reasons for why this is so important. You know, I'm I'm grateful that our governor and our legislature have figured out a way to bring forward a budget um, that doesn't envision any any immediate cuts for schools. But the reality is, is that our financial situation is so challenging uh, that this is a budget that you know really envisions hardship over the next couple of years for our schools. And this is not the time for us to have any layoffs in schools, not classified workers, not anyone. But, you know, as we try to think about coming back to school, uh, we know that we need. Uh, to have all of our uh, all of our staff who are educators who support our students um, to help us do this safely in our classified staff. You know, they're so important. I mean, during the pandemic, I mean, they've been handing out meals and sanitizing our campuses. And so these things are going to be critically, critically important. And and it's so important why we need Prop 15. Yes, we need more funding from the federal government. That is true. Uh, But in order to really address all of what we've experienced, we know that we're going to need additional resources um, that Prop 15 can provide. Um, You know, the reality is, is that our students have been deeply impacted by the pandemic uh, as, you know, for our schools to reopen, they're gonna need all kinds of personal protective equipment. The state is providing some, but it's very, it's a partial amount, um, you know, we're gonna to need to have more counseling available for our students who have experienced depression uh, as part of the pandemic, as well as our students who've been traumatized by watching some of the devastating acts of racism, police brutality, uh, and the cure. And so our schools are gonna need stable funding um, to support programs like restorative justice and counseling and to support our core programs, teachers and classified staff um, who who support our 6.2 billion students. So we we need to have all of your support um, as we go forward. This is a measure that is so carefully crafted. It really considers You know, it it exempts uh, homeowners and seniors and small business owners and people who work in agriculture. And so, uh, really, it's so carefully crafted to generate revenue in a way that protects some of our core businesses and protects our citizens. And as Jeff pointed out, really, just a few a small percentage of very, very wealthy, you know, billionaire types who, you know, own property, uh, really just asking them to pay their fair share. And so this is a great opportunity. Uh, I'm I'm proud to put my name behind it. I'm proud to count. Uh, we're the fifth wealthiest economy in the world. Let's show them that by what we put in our budget. And Prop 15 is a great way for us to get to uh, what we need to be able to support all of our students in the state of California. Thank you um, to the California Federation of Teachers and to PTA um, and to our, our, our educators and our leaders. Uh, honored to work with you. Um, let's go get that Prop 15 pass for all Californians. And the,
0: the <laughs> usual blunder of speaking while you're on mute. Um, thank you, Tony. Uh, My bad. Uh, Thank you for joining us and thank you for supporting Prop 15. Uh, This is work that we are doing together. Um, And as you pointed out, you represent the K-12 system in in the state of California. Now we're gonna uh, talk to Andrew Hoffman, who is the president of the board of trustees at the LA community college district. And this does affect community colleges and supports our community colleges. So Andrew Hoffman, thank you for joining and supporting Prop 15.
2: Um, Thank you, Jeff, and it's really indeed an honor to be here alongside uh, our superintendent. So thank you so much for your comments. Um, I'm Amber Hoffman, President of the Board of Trustees for the Los Angeles Community College District. Um, The Los Angeles Community College District is the largest community college district in the country, and we play a vital role in educating Angelenos from all backgrounds. Um, Nationwide, one in four community college students is a California community college student. So let that sink in for a moment. 25% of all community college students in the United States are right here in California. And community colleges represent a vital pathway to success, especially for historically underserved students. Here in Los Angeles County, 70% of our students come from disproportionately challenged communities communities of color, low-income students, immigrants, and others. And community colleges play a vital role in our economy. For instance, community colleges educate the majority of nurses and firefighters and other first responders in California, all of our essential workers, all of these essential workers who have been on the front lines of this crisis. In fact, California community colleges are the largest provider of workforce training in the nation. And community colleges are among our best public investments. Studies show that California taxpayers receive $4.50 in benefit for every $1 invested in a community college student. But most importantly, California community colleges are a vital pathway to success for our students. For instance, students earning a degree or a certificate from a California community college nearly double their earnings within three years. Also, attending or graduating from a California community college nearly doubles your chances of finding a job compared to those who did not complete high school. And community colleges play a vital role in educating those who have become unemployed or need retraining. This is especially important with the massive increase in unemployed Californians due to this pandemic. Partly because of this, we're expecting to see huge increases in enrollment as California continues to weather and eventually recover from this crisis. Um, We're gonna see increases in enrollment beyond just the graduating high school students who will also be attending. California Community Colleges already had a great need for resources, even before this crisis. Now Now that need is even more critical. The LACCD Board of Trustees, uh, where I've been serving for the past five years, passed a resolution endorsing this initiative even before this crisis, because we knew it was important then. And the Statewide Community College League of California, where I also serve as a board member, just last week unanimously endorsed this measure because of how vital the need has become. If there were a great need before all of this, you can only imagine what the need looks like now. We're expecting to have to expend significant resources to implement more remote learning technology, PPE, increased cleaning, and so much more. In short, schools and communities first will be absolutely critical for the long-term challenges that community colleges face. Estimates show that this initiative would generate roughly $460 million every year specifically for community colleges. These additional resources represent the ability for community colleges to, among other things, create additional space for additional students at a time when we expect enrollments to be significantly higher. It is simply unacceptable that corporate property tax loopholes exist in the face of such unprecedented threats to the vital services we all rely on, especially when research has shown that 92% of the revenue would come from only 10% of commercial property owners in the state. We know community colleges serve our neediest students. We know community colleges have tremendous economic benefits to those students and to our larger community. We know community colleges will be expected to serve even more students. And we know that educating those students will be even more expensive as a result of this crisis. Therefore, we absolutely need this common sense solution that will provide the resources our students so desperately need and deserve. Thank
0: you. Andrew, Uh, thank you for being a leader in our community college system, both in LA at the community college district, as well as the league of community colleges. So thank you for being such a leader. Um, And thank you for endorsing uh, Prop 15 and schools, which is schools and communities first. So exciting to have a number. so, uh, we've, <clears throat> excuse me. We've talked about K twelve. We talked about community college. Now, from the per, uh, perspective of the parents and the students and communities at large, I'm introducing uh, Shireen Walter, um, the uh, California State PTA. Um, uh, please, Shireen. Uh, thank you, and jo- thank you for joining us and and uh, supporting Prop fifteen. Uh,
3: thank you, Jeff. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, it's always exciting to stage with. Intendant of Public Instruction, so I'm thrilled. Um, California State PTA supports Schools and Local uh, Communities Funding Act because it aligns with our organization's goals of promoting the education, health, safety, and well-being of children, and securing stable and sustainable public education funding. California schools, as you mentioned, were underfunded before the pandemic, despite the fact that we're ranked fifth as the fifth largest economy in the world. California ranks near the bottom in per pupil funding, student-teacher ratios, and in the number of school nurses, librarians, and counselors per student. Our schools lack the resources to provide a 21st century education for our children that includes PE, the arts, science, and technology. Schools and Communities First was important before this pandemic, but it's even more important now. Schools and educators have expended significant resources already on PPE, technology for remote learning, cleaning and more. And these costs are only gonna ramp up when schools reopen. Roughly 40% of the projected revenue raised from this initiative will go to education with the rest allocated to cities and counties. This will provide much needed resources to our schools and communities. Funds from this initiative go to local communities to support essential workers and services such as public hospitals, first responders, youth programs, mental health services, and so much more. And we all know what a large impact this pandemic has had on the mental health of our students. So this is exceptionally important. Uh, PTA commends our legislature and governor for continuing to invest in children and families. Um, recognizing that schools cannot reopen safely in the fall without adequate resources, our state leaders managed to craft a budget that avoided severe cuts to education. But as Jeff mentioned, um, the funding remains the same as last year and our costs are increasing. So there's no question that schools need more funding. The Schools and Communities First initiative represents the opportunity for voters to help establish a stable, sustainable funding source for schools and critical local services. And we hope that people will vote for it. Most importantly, Schools and Communities First raises these funds while including valuable protections for homeowners, renters, small businesses, and agriculture. So again, PTA strongly supports what now I got to get used to calling Prop 15, uh, schools and communities first. And we think it's super important for um, K-12 education, community college, and for a local community. So thank you, Jeff, for having me.
0: Thank you, everybody. <clears throat> I think, wait, yeah, I'm live. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's instead of walking up to the podium and back, knowing that you're in front of the mic, uh, this is a little different. So thank you, uh, Shireen. Thank you for that. Thank you for that perspective. Um, as I said, we will take some questions now. If anybody on the phone has any questions, um, all of us are available to, to answer. I'm going to uh, throw some out. Um, and again, want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, but this one is particularly to Tony. Um, could you talk more about what we expect with the state budget and why additional investments been needed for schools
1: going forward? Sure, Jeff. I mean, obviously everyone knows that the U.S. economy has been devastated by the impacts of COVID-19, and that means that California's economy is the same. California has moved from having a surplus to really being in a, a place where our budget really is in shambles because our our revenue for schools really does come uh, from other sources like income tax and, and sales tax. Um, California just has not had the revenue to provide the kind of budget stability that we need. And as you all have pointed out, our budgets are, are, are flat um, at a time when they already were not enough to, you know, really provide the broad promise of resources for all students, particularly students from foster care, um, students who run a free and reduced lunch program, um, students of color, English learners. You know, we've tried to accelerate giving more to support these students in supplemental ways. But the economy, because of the impacts of COVID-19, really threaten our ability to continue to do that. The fiscal outlook uh, in terms of revenue is poor. And so we know that now more than ever, we need a measure like Schools and Communities First. We need Prop 15 to support our schools, to support our local municipalities, um, all of whom are struggling uh, to come to grips uh, with the impacts of COVID-19. Now is a critical time. And this measure, um, you know, provides so much support and uh, its impacts are really, really small um, because it protects seniors and homeowners and renters, um, small businesses and agricultural communities. So please, everyone, please support Prop 15.
0: Thank you, Tony. Yeah, I'm not on you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you again. Thank you for that. Um, Andrew, I had a question for you. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about the community colleges, you you mentioned it, uh, but why they're so vital for an economic recovery, um, especially when we think that, uh, you know, for unemployed workers and those uh, needing to be retrained. I know we have the experience from the uh, 2008, 2009. Uh, Could you expand a little more on that?
2: Right. Thank you so much for the question, um, Jeff. You know, traditionally community colleges have been there. Um, especially during the economic downturns when people need to come back to us for retraining. With the unprecedented unemployment rates now, we really anticipate a lot more students. And like I mentioned, more than just the high school graduates um, coming to us for job retraining. Not only is it going to be job retraining, but it's sort of reimagining what does your career look like now? What are those emerging fields going to be? And we need to make significant investments um, into our community colleges so that we can be able to be ready for when they come and able to provide the necessary um, programs to get people into maybe even short-term job training opportunities and get them back into the workforce. It's vital for our economic recovery.
0: Thank you. Uh, Shereen, I have a question for you. Could you talk more about why it's important that protections and exemptions for homeowners and renters, small businesses, and agriculture are so important to the parents in the community. Oh. You're on mute.
3: There you go, classic Zoom mistake, talking while you're still muted. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. Um, You hear a lot from the opposition that this initiative is gonna impact small businesses at a time when they are suffering from the results of the pandemic. But the important thing for everyone to know is that Prop 15 exempts small businesses with property values of less than $3 million. And not only that provides business property tax exemption for small businesses and those with personal properties um, of up to $500,000. So those are all numbers to throw around. But the bottom line is that there are protection for small businesses. Those are not gonna be the businesses that are impacted Um, by this initiative, it is going to be wealthy corporations. And so uh, the bulk of the money is gonna be raised by uh, from wealthy corporate property owners and not from small businesses, parents and families. And that's why it matters to parents.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I do have a question that came in about um, what's the support and momentum that has been generated behind this initiative as we see the effects of COVID-19 on the state's economy? Um, and I'll go ahead and take that. And if anybody wants to jump in, feel free. Um, but we have been building this campaign, and the support behind this campaign has been has continued to build um, uh, for Prop 15 um, because Californians know that it's needed more now than ever. Um, this is a, a coalition of workers, it's a coalition of community partners, it's education, um, as well as those that are uh, uh, that support our cities and counties. Um, <clears throat> Many Californians, especially right now, are seeing that big corporations are benefiting from this tax break, um, while our schools and our local governments are struggling. They're struggling, and especially in this environment, um, has has just made it more emphatic about that struggle. Um, so, in, in in the in the midst of this pandemic, we are seeing that. Um, and uh, even before the pandemic, um, we knew that we needed these resources to correct and close this corporate tax loophole. So the corporations are paying their fair share. And this brings in $12 billion to our schools, 12 billion vital dollars to our schools and our local communities, um, which is exactly what we need at this period of time. So uh, thank you for that question. Um, uh uh, another question. Anybody can answer that. Um, either, either raise your uh, your question. Other. Uh, what are the some of the places and communities education is here on this board? What are some of the places and the communities that the, this initiative uh, would bring funds in, and how would it help our communities?
3: Um, I'd like to touch on that, Jeff. Um, Go ahead because I think this really matters to PTA members, because when you say schools and communities, what does communities mean? What are those kinds of programs and services that actually matter to uh, families? And so I kind of put together a little list of some of the, the places that really matter. So public hospitals, health clinics, first responders, parks, librarians, public transportation, Services to reduce homelessness. Um, as I mentioned before our mental health services, which are so crucial right now during this pandemic and the impact it's had on people. So that's just sort of my short list of things uh, because I don't want it to be a nebulous. Uh, what, are, what is local community? What are we supporting? We're supporting things that matter right in our local communities, those programs and services that our families and our kids participate in. So I think that's really important for all of us to know.
2: Can I echo? Can I say something? I want to echo what you just said. You know, our students are those students are those those people in those communities. And um, more and more, our students are relying on their community college to provide a lot of those services. So this would be, you know, amazing if it passed, because then we can really build community together. And, you know, the onus doesn't fall on one institution to try to solve all the problems. So thank you. It's great.
0: And and Tony, is there anything you want to add? Having sat on a city council, having sat on a school board, having been a community organizer, the legislator, now the SPI, anything you want to add about how this supports schools and communities? Uh,
1: You know, I think that uh, Shanina and Audra really uh, laid it out really well. Uh, You know, I would only just say having been a former city council member, I I do know that cities really are hurting um, and have been for lost revenue for decades. And, and now in this time where cities and counties are being asked to do more uh, with less, uh, this is an important resource to help our cities and our counties to do all those things that you heard. There was a great list uh, that Shereen had that talked about, you know, first responders and mental health services. You know, a lot of that money comes from what can get generated locally. And this needs to be supplemented um, by Prop 15. So uh, once again, just want to encourage everybody to vote for Prop 15, you will be supporting your schools and your
0: communities and
1: putting them first.
0: Thank you, I have one more question that was asked, and when do we expect schools and communities to to see this additional revenue? And I I can answer that, but I'm gonna ask Tony to follow up on how important it is. But we will be seeing this revenue uh, as soon as 2022, um, additional revenue uh, to be coming in. Uh, We've heard from local leaders, and school districts that guarantee of additional revenue coming in will be absolutely essential at that period of time. As we know, the state budget is flat funding from last year to this year, and it's it's in the it's in the coming years that we're really going to need that. Um, but Tony, do you see um, how this can be beneficial at that period of time? You know, I think
1: I think 2022 is really important. Having the revenue come available in 2022 becomes a bridge, you know, that it bridges at a time when all of our financial experts are already predicting that it's our out years that are going to be even more difficult than our current year. And so 2022 is a very important time for this funding to come to fruition. To be honest, Jeff, I also think that for many people, it's a way of giving a sense of hope to people that we get this pass in November. And it sends a message that, yes, we're taking some really tough budget positions right now school districts are struggling and our community colleges will be struggling, but seeing that there's some hope on the horizon and that if we can hang in there until 2022, I think this would be a powerful message of hope um, for our our, our pre-K through 12 systems and for our our community college systems and for our local communities. So again, just hoping that everyone out there,
0: yes on Prop 15. Thank thank you, Andrew, I don't know as as a community college Board member, if you want, if there's anything to add about the expectation, um, I know colleges and, and school districts have to have a three year projection. If this were to pass, um, would that help in that in that projection? And that,
2: um, um, absolutely, it would, it would help us tremendously. And when we talk about um, training nurses, um, x ray technicians, EMTs, um, and others, firefighters, you know, we have to reimagine. The way we are educating our students post COVID- 19, right, um, all of that costs a lot of money in terms of putting in you know proper social distancing protocols and PPE and virtual trainings for our our nurses and others. So absolutely this funding is is, is critical as we plan for the future. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, Tony, there's a question where every, on everybody's mind right now is reopening. Um, reopening schools. So there's a question we have about the challenges local school districts uh, will have to face and Shireen, if you want to uh, uh, add to what Tony says, uh, but the challenges we're going to have to face as they plan to reopen and why this money is needed um, and the difficulties about reopening. Uh, Obviously we're all watching as we see cases spiking
1: in this state and across the nation. And so that means that we've got to put safety first. We have to continue to monitor, uh, what happens to see if we'll be in a position to safely reopen. Uh, should those conditions be safe, you know, for most of our schools, opening means late August, in some cases, early September. If the conditions change that it's safe to open, we know that our students are gonna have to return to school uh, in an environment where educators and students are, in our recommendation, wearing face coverings, washing their hands, and maintaining six feet of distance. We know that's a really tough challenge, Um, the personal protective equipment is literally on the way to 10,000 schools. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we address safety. We need to address our, the mental health, uh, of our students. And, um, and for those reasons, I've established a counseling coalition, uh, that is literally working to connect students who are not currently connected to get more support. Um, and we have to keep having conversations about providing quality. Uh, of, in continuity of learning, and so uh, right now is the time for us to continue to monitor. We monitor on a daily basis what the conditions are. We won't open schools unless unless it's safe to do so, um, and we've got to make sure we have lots of personal protective equipment to do so. And uh, and and so uh, stay tuned. Uh, there'll be more updates uh, as we prepare and get closer uh, to
0: uh, to uh, August and September. Thank you, Kareen. Is there anything you want to add from a parents' perspective?
3: Um. I just want to kind of reiterate some of the things that uh, Tony Thurman said in that the most important thing to our PTA members, parents, is that our students and staff members are, their health and welfare is taken care of. So it's exceptionally important that we not reopen unless we, you know, unless... Uh, we have the guidance from our health authorities to do so that we be wearing masks that our kids be washing their hands that our staff members and students who not only have underlying health conditions but have family members at home with underlying health conditions that they have to, the space to be physically distant and that we really are looking at the health and welfare of our our children and families and so uh super important and that doesn't happen for free you know all of that is going to take Additional funds, and I'm just going to throw out there uh, sort of in response to the last question about the money not coming in until 2022. Better late than never. You know, we're going to have schools are going to have some big deferrals, especially if the federal government doesn't come through uh, with the money that we totally need for schools. And so, um, you know, it's going to be exceptionally important for schools to get their that kind of money as as soon as they can. But you know, as I said, I think better late than never.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Andra, From a community college perspective, in terms of reopening, um, a slightly different perspective. They're they're all adults. Um, any any input on that?
2: I mean, they're all adults. Um, you're right, and you know, we need to. We can't reopen until we can do um, successful contact tracing. We need to be able to also provide proper social distancing protocols. Um, They want us to be able to test our students, which, you know, that's obviously something that's not going to happen for a while. Um, We have two over 200,000 students in the LA community college district alone, and there are 2.1 million community college students statewide. Um, So we're facing some of the same um, challenges as the K-12 system. I'm really concerned, though, about leaving students behind, you know we're gonna be remote through the fall semester. What does that mean? That means that students are learning online. A lot of students don't have access to technology. Um, Even if they have a device, they don't have the internet access. So we really need to pass Prop 15 as we go into a post COVID environment because we need to make sure that we're not leaving whole communities behind. And many of your, your parents, Shireen, are our students. So not only are your students <laughs> yeah. community college students, and we have a pretty robust dual enrollment program as well, where high school students can take community college classes, but we're serving the parents of the students that are in the K-12 system. So it, the, I cannot emphasize how critically important and how timely this is right now.
0: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, um, I want to uh, thank everybody. We've been—it's we've been, uh, been about thirty minutes. We promised to, to keep this short. Zoom can—I uh, 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 don't know—melt our brains, <laughs> and that's why in distant thats why distance learning isn't the greatest. Um, in-person learning is what we want, but we also want safe and supportive schools um, and for all the reasons we talked about. And Prop 15 is one of the ways that can help Um, in the long-term solution in terms of funding our schools, our colleges, and our communities, and it's so important. So I wanna thank everybody that joined us today. Um, uh, I wanna thank all the panelists, Andra, Sheeran, and uh, Tony. I wanna thank you for joining us and to express your your, uh, support for Prop 15. I wanna thank all the attendees and all the reporters. If you uh, want a recording of this, if you want the video or audio recording of this, please reach out to Alex Stack. With the schools, communities first um, our campaign, and uh, we can share either a snippet of it or the entire um, uh, program. So, again, thank you everybody for joining us, um, and thank you for um, thank you all for supporting Prop Fifteen. Thank you, thank, thank you,
2: thank you so much, thank you, Jeff.